All right. Welcome back to the Pursuit Podcast, everyone. We were uh, just in our pre-talk here, and Daniel was about to go off about his uh, round, what, 50 with Indeed right here. So super excited to hear about um, uh, what my man's been going through. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna go off on them. They're just, they're just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Like I, I just don't understand it. It's just one of these things that I, my brain just can't grasp why I have to jump through these fucking hoops to begin with. Like it's just fucking ridiculous. But that's neither here nor there. I've just been relentless every single day. I've dedicated an hour or two to trying a new a new method to get on there and just like fucking with shit. And then if it doesn't work, I'm just trying again. So. I've just been fucking going to town on them, but I left them a very wordy better business review because I was just like, you guys are a fucking joke. Like it's, it's absolutely insane. So I went to the BBB and I dropped a shit review and I went on Google and I just, I went everywhere that I could review indeed. And I just blasted them hard. So did you use your real name? I did like purposely banned forever. I don't care. Fucking they can call me. They can call me and we'll fucking do it. I don't care. I have every right to be upset with them because they literally have provided no reasoning as to why I shouldn't be allowed to use their services. They've made me jump through 8,000 hoops. I've done all the little things. I've called people. I've talked to them. I've done appeal processes. I've provided documentation. I've done all of it. And they're still just being like, nope, fuck you. So you know what? Fuck you then. That's how it is, indeed. You want to fucking go up against me? Let's fucking do this. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So ask me how I really feel about Indeed. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Appreciate yeah. Honesty. I know I mean, you're so ridiculous, though. It is like... ridiculous because I also was looking, too, and I'm not the only, like, there's tons of small businesses that just get shafted by Indeed because they're either sole proprietors and they work out of their home, so they don't have, like, a you know, like an LLC or a corporation, they don't have like a business place, like a location, and they pay all their bills as themselves. So they have no like documentation they can provide to Indeed. So Indeed just says, fuck you. But in the meantime, there's a ton of like scamming bullshit fucking companies out there. And there's also those complaints too. So there's a bunch of fake companies on Indeed that are scamming people. And then the real companies can't get on. And you're like, guys, what in the fuck are you doing? Just the absolute biggest shit show i've ever seen for a company in my entire life it's fucking ridiculous it <laughs> it, it literally makes no sense to me i'm just like what, what is going on here and then like talk about the worst customer service oh <laughs> like, dude everyone has a different it's, it's atrocious it's it's fucking yeah it's next level so whatever it is what it is i've uh <laughs> dedicated a bunch of time to doing other shit instead so i was like okay well fine if i can't get on indeed what else can i do so i went fucking ape shit i have a zip recruiter i have a glass door i have jazz hr i have hierology i have kijiji i have craigslist i fucking i am on everything like if you can recruit i'm on that bitch so <laughs> i was just like whatever and i started posting ads i got a fuck ton of applicants so indeed can go fuck themselves Let's i will go. figure it out so <laughs> it's just like whatever then <laughs> Well, it's nice to hear that you've got the backup plans in order and it's not just reliance on Indeed and that everything else is up and running. That's wicked to hear. Your Jazz HR has been performing. I know every year you tend to get quite a few applicants from that guy. It's it's not bad. It was, surprisingly, my Kijiji ad, I posted it yesterday. I got nine applicants since yesterday. I was like, fuck. And like all these guys are like, they got previous experience. They're looking for work. They're hungry. I'm like, shit. Okay. Like, so that's uh, cool. Yeah, that worked surprisingly well. I didn't think it was going to yeah. work that well. You know, I was uh, like, Brett hired his best painter from Kijiji last year. And it actually, he, he kind of totally flipped the script on my like, bit of a preconceived notion sometimes with um with hiring actually. But he hired a guy with a bunch of experience last year. And um, 
you know, honestly, didn't even really have the strongest application, but Brett, there's something I got feeling like him did the interview and it went really, really well. And he honestly had such a good attitude in terms of like wanting to learn our way of doing things, our systems. And it ended up being such a great experience for Brett because he ended up being able to help Brett train new painters, got to train Brett even furthermore and on different techniques and things to get him up to speed and was just an absolute beast of a painter. And I think he was, I think he was in his mid thirties, honestly. That's awesome. Yeah. So don't sleep on Kijiji. No, no. I was just like, okay, I need to find other routes. Cause I was like, if for whatever reason, cause I'm going to keep, I'm just going to keep hammering on it. But I was like, if for whatever reason it doesn't work, I need to have my hand in other pots. Like I just have to have that yep. figured out. So I was just like, I just Googled recruiting platforms. And I fucking signed up for everything. <laughs> and I just started posting ads everywhere and it's, it's going so far, not too bad. So we're, we're getting some, some movement and I hired my first painter. So that's, that's fucking sweet. That's nice. Yeah. So here's a question for you guys. Um, let's, let's say that we had a, a crazy, just societal thing happen, kind of like COVID where we had to shut down. We weren't allowed to leave our house. What would you guys do in the event that the internet just crashed? Like we no longer could post on Indeed. We could no longer, it was like a one month shutdown of just the internet servers across the entire world. So, so are you employees? asking like specifically for recruiting for or are you asking yeah, that's, for, that's okay. what I mean. So then in a recruiting way, what would you start to do if the only way to recruit was the old school way of recruiting? Mm, I'd probably hire a hiring service like real fast. I'd find some sort of a hiring service and get them out there doing that for me. I'd probably go. But how could they do that? Like you can call. I mean, fuck dude. That's how shit worked before the internet. People were calling people. Oh, I don't know. Call. They're hiring service. That's why you hire them fucking figure it out <laughs> um i'd probably do job fairs which is something i'm looking at for this year as well um job fairs like physical booths like they're basically at like northlands and the edmonton expo and shit like that and you just set up a booth and you're just hiring people uh probably do something like that maybe come up with mailers specifically for hiring like money letters but that designed to like hey we're hiring and just like fucking send out some of those like, i don't know how effective that would be but like, if you can't use the internet, you got to pretty much do everything else that we do, but geared towards hiring. Sweet. It may yeah. not be cost effective, but. Well, fuck, if you got no internet and you need people hired, then <laughs> you don't really have a ton of options. How would you send out flyers without service or internet? I don't know. Canada Post figured out. <laughs> You're not in there, bro. <laughs> I, just drop, I just drop them off at the place. They fucking they figure it out. I don't yeah, know. I would honestly go to every university and make a little flyer and just go to like all the classrooms and drop a stack of flyers off the prop front of the desk and just be like, give these to your students as they, as they walk out or go to the high schools and just go crazy like that. Yeah, and that's another thing I'm looking at. I might do a... Markets and different booths and stuff like that. You can even door to door ask people if they need a job. I, last night I did that. There was some kid who opened the door. He's like, I look like you've maybe 17 or 18. <laughs> Just shamelessly, I was like, hey, bro, your parents home? I was like, no, they're not. So I pitched him on the painting services. And I'm like, also, by the way, if you're looking for a job, hire a lot of people similar to your age, be super fun. If you want to go door to door, learn how to market or even learn how to paint, hit me up. And I just shot up my business card. So. No text yet, but we'll see. Never know. <laughs> That's awesome. Maybe he's pondering. I've done that twice now, actually. Yeah. Oh, random side note. I did get on, um, I got on Nate's. So basically Nate has a small business directory um, for past alumni. Mm. 
So I found out about this and I applied and I got approved. So now I'm posted on Nate's business directory for free. Dude. Awesome. Damn. Yeah. I was like, just like so pumped that. about that. It's totally, what? it's totally worth it. I don't know if it would work for student works. I don't know how that works because well, you, you have to own the business. So I like, I guess you are franchise owners, quote unquote, but like. Well, when Connor and I were doing campus recruiting, we went to Nate, which apparently they've never done Nate before in the past, which is such a shame, but it was fun. And they actually have, I can't remember what the room's called, but they have a specific room where they help students kickstart little businesses like tech startups and other random things like that. And they, they really push small businesses and at Nate specifically. And we actually went and talked to the guy at the head of the room and he was super dope, like helping us. He was like, yeah, if you guys draft an email, we can like mass send it out. We're talking about doing different like workshops and shit like that too, whatever else. So we'll see if that takes off running next year. But I would like to get into there a little bit more for even finding people that maybe just, you know, like, like your classic general business student or other people who maybe you're in school don't know what they want to do. And if you could offer a cool little workshop for them to like learn how to maybe do sales or production managing or even just be a painter or something like that. I think that'd be super cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'm a, I've slept on universities in the past. So that's something I, I'm looking at again for this year. Maybe go and set up a little hiring booth there and just try and get some employees that way because university students, they're awesome. But I find I get less that apply to my job. I got one actually that applied uh, today and he was a university kid but that's like super rare for me now that i'm in the pro works name because i think there's just some sort of disconnect where they're like oh i'm a student and this is a professional company so i can't work for them um, and i was kind of explaining that to the university kid i was talking to earlier because he's like do you guys hire university students i'm like every painting company hires university students like they all do it because in the summer months we all scale up and there's a ton of work and the only way to fill that void is to hire essentially university students or other people you know seasonal staff so i'm like absolutely and like we can teach you how to do everything we have systems for all that kind of stuff so it was it was good he seems like he's a pretty pretty level-headed individual so yeah maybe his thought is there like you said initially appealing so it just doesn't have that student name to it yeah. that draws him in yeah don't have that nice purple logo <laughs> hilarious question for you but when you're posting on indeed are you using your same ad that you use for the other no, I like, dude, K. So I'm TK. I've, I've fucking. So what I did is I took, because I was like, okay, Indeed clearly keeps flagging me for something. So I was like, okay, we're going to figure this out. So what I did is I went on AI and I took Indeed's rules and regulations, terms of services, policies, everything, and I fed it into AI. And then I took my ad and I fed my ad into AI and I said, AI, read all of these rules and regulations that they have take this ad, make an ad that fits within all of those rules and regulations that yeah. is not the same. It needs to be entirely different. And AI spat out an ad. I took that ad and I posted that ad and I got flagged. And I was like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm so mad. Ahead of you. And they did was... the same thing. Look out. <laughs> <Pull that here. laughs> yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? So like, yeah, I've been, I've been using AI for that. Um, also for posting on other like platforms and stuff, I just keep um, doing variations of the ad just so they're not all the yeah. same, just because obviously I don't want to like fuck with everything and just make it a whole thing. So, um, but yeah, I've, I've gone pretty far with the indeed shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it doesn't even make sense why they hate me so much right now. It's ridiculous. And I've done the whole thing. Like I've built websites, I've done emails, domain names, all that shit. You're on their like, blacklist. Yeah. I don't know how they're doing it. Like I've done VPNs. I've gone to like public places, new computer. Like it, it fucking, it doesn't make any sense to me. 
my latest one just got paused. It's not banned, but it's paused. And then they're like, send us business documents. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Game over. Start all over. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, you have to make a yeah. new identity. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm I'm looking at a couple of different options. I'm not going to talk about them because I don't want to <laughs> fucking give away my my protocols and my plans here. But I'm I'm getting craftier and craftier, and I will win. I will fucking win, indeed. Hear me now. <laughs> you won't the, know, but I'll fucking know. <laughs> indeed, just listening right now. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another, you sons of bitches are going down. <laughs> I'm doing it now almost out of spite. I'm like, even if I didn't need it, it's just to fucking like just because. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't you can't bow down to them now. You gotta win. That's crazy. Yeah, so I've been pretty clever with my ads, like, or at least I feel I've been clever. You're trying to get a part-time job with Indeed just to figure out all of their in and outs and then destroy them from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of awesome. I've literally debated just making like 60 websites and emails at the same time and posting a job with all of them at once and just like flooding them. So they're like, oh shit. And like one of them sneaks through. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Either that or they see them all and they just ban all of them. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I'm fucking, I'm like, hey, what's going to work? I'm going to try everything. I don't fucking care. That's crazy. But yeah, in the meantime, I have found some other, other avenues. Um, I don't know what else I would do if the internet crashed. I fucking... I don't know. It was what was that book that you read a, a while ago? I think Lights Out, Ted Koppel. Yeah. Did you did, did you guys read that book too? Or was it just Dan? yeah? I didn't read it. No, but Daniel pretty much gave us a very detailed yeah. summary. So yeah, I mean to be fair, if the internet crashes, we probably have more concerns than who we're gonna hire for our business. Well, for sure, I know. Like like, <laughs> like yeah. if the internet goes down tomorrow. Like, Back to paper estimates. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm pretty sure like 90 percent of the world's gonna be absolutely fucked. So I really don't even know if we'd be running a business in that landscape. Um... <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting thing to consider. Like I, I don't know if Brady and Zach would have gotten this, but you and I would have, Daniel, a couple weeks ago when it was super cold. Even our, our energy grid, we had like an emergency alert that went out mm -hmm. saying everyone reduce your consumption. We're overloading the grid. And apparently, however this works, we had to borrow energy from Saskatchewan to keep us going, essentially. And that was only from like a couple of weeks of it just being really cold. It so. wasn't even it was like three days of it being cold, man. It wasn't even a couple of weeks. And like the fact that that's even a thing and we're sitting here in Canada saying we're going to mandate electric vehicles by 2035 and our grid can't even support the electrical current that has right now. Are you guys out of your fucking minds? Like our grid was it's like 60 years old and we haven't updated it. We haven't done shit. And we're like, yeah, let's just add all this extra power to it. This makes a lot of sense. And then it's like, it can't function when it's cold. Like they were like, yeah, don't plug your car in. You, you know, don't plug in your block heaters. It's like, dude, it's minus fucking 35 and we got to go to work. We're plugging our fucking cars in. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Peter mechanic and Daniel's screaming. <laughs> it makes no sense to me because it's stupid. Like it, it wouldn't, like I wouldn't get upset if it wasn't like the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. It's like, yeah, let's make everybody drive electric vehicles on a grid that just, it physically doesn't function to the capacity that it needs to already. And now let's just add all this electrical, like electrical load. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to read that book. Have you ever seen a lithium mine? Not a fucking great place. But let's make a bunch more of those so we can supply these electric batteries to begin with. Oh yeah, and like cobalt. Have you ever seen a fucking cobalt wow. mine? Yeah, isn't it quite harsh to mine or? Oh, it's a train wreck, dude. Exactly. Go, 
go right now if you're listening to this go right now and google a lithium mine and then google an oil sand mine and tell me which one you think is fucking worse <laughs> okay <laughs> not to mention we can't recycle these batteries you know what they do with the batteries right now they stockpile them in warehouses daniel's yeah. his homework damn yeah tell me i'm fucking crazy like i don't know man Yet we could make pipelines. We have tons of natural oil and gas for now. Obviously, like long term, electrical is the the solution. But we need to, first of all, build the infrastructure, make a better grid, give ourselves solar power for sure, for sure. Like it's going to consume a lot of space, but it's probably our best bet in terms of natural renewable energy. Like water power is like, okay, like tidal energy and stuff, but it, it produces a very small amount for the amount that it takes. And wind is a fucking joke. So, I mean, realistically... Those are kind of our options if we're going to go all electric. And I'm all for it, but it has to make sense. And it just doesn't. So, <laughs> Fair enough. That was very well thought out. Yeah. I've, yeah. <laughs> I've looked at electric cars very deeply because <laughs> I thought they were a joke a long time ago. And they're still a joke. They're, they're, it's not the cars. The cars make a lot of sense. It's the infrastructure that we have to utilize the cars that makes no sense at all. So mm -hmm. unless they do some significant upgrades and change a shit ton of stuff, it's just it's a it's it's a lost cause with time with time for sure i wanted to ask you guys about um your takeaways from amherst obviously brady this won't like directly apply to you but i'm like curious to hear your thoughts as well just like thinking on this question um like what your guys' main takeaways were from amherst presentation over the weekend if you guys want to share that yeah i'll, I'll, I'll grab my notes out too as i start to talk about it here um I guess if you don't like, if you want to give Brady some context of like, you know, what the. Yeah. Brady, uh, Amher just came down and did a talk on mindset. Yeah. You probably heard about it or did you? Yeah. Kyle, Kyle told me about it. Right. Oh it's yeah. Of... I guess you would have. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, so yeah, go ahead. No, what'd you guys learn? So yeah, I, I honestly have just, I had a, a quite the hard realization after Amher was going through the amount of detail he was and Essentially what it, for me, it seems what Amr is very talented at is figuring out why he reacts or feels about a certain thing and then takes a step back or a step out of the box to really understand what that is. And then a, like more and more and more and more and more to kind of find like an origin story for what the hell's going on up to you in a positive or negative way. And I've just found that I'm not spending enough time doing that hard mental work of myself. And I need to take more time to come up with better opinions of my own that I can formulate better and not just play things off and not, I, I guess, just take life a little bit more seriously in the way that I'm thinking about things and not just play it off like in a chill fashion or whatever that might be. Um, I'll go through my notes so I can kind of give a better explanation of what I'm saying here, but I'll let you guys speak on it too. Would you want to dive more into what you were saying there? I'm curious to like um, that part more. Go ahead first. Go ahead first. Let me pull this up here. All right. Dan, you want to share what you were thinking of or you want me to go? You go nuts, my friend. <laughs> All right. Um, so I actually like had a very interesting um, experience of this because I put one thing when we were doing the the presentation but then on my drive home, I really thought deep into it, like the entire way home. And I feel like I was maybe lying to myself while we were doing this exercise because 
the true reason was just so uncomfortable that I didn't want to put it down. So like what I wrote initially was my consistency. And I know that's something I've talked to you guys about a lot. It's like a big goal of mine going into this year is to like work on that. But after I thought more, like when I was going home, I think the main thing, like the main thing that's kind of like in my way is just overall confidence in my, like in myself, in my ability to show up in like social situations, you know, and like the way that I present myself, the way that I look like a lot of things like that. And like, once I really thought about it on the way home, I was like, fuck, that's like way more present than my consistency. But when we were going through it in, you know, in the room there, I was just, it was kind of an easy thing that I was like, oh yeah, you know, I can say this. It's going to like, you know, it's going to check the box of something that I need to work on. And it was just like an easier answer for me to pick. That's interesting you say that because even when I you said that, I I felt like it was not as deep as it could have been. I know, and at the time I was like, "Oh, this like makes total sense," but then yeah, like when I was going home, I just got in a thought spiral going down, and like I was like, "Like, you know what? What the fuck was like that? I clearly was not you know not the main thing for me. That was." That was my obstacle. So yeah, it was cool to realize, um, like genuinely, and I'm really glad that he like did that exercise and kind of like I had the opportunity to reflect more on it and really uncover it more. That's cool, man. So what did you realize? So I I realized that because like the main purpose of the exercise was to uncover what's like standing in your way, like what's yeah. the thing that is you know kind of blocking you. I said it was my my consistency, but um. Like the, what I really uncovered, it was my, I, I think like the main word to boil it down to is like my confidence in myself. Like in, in situations when I'm, I'm talking to people, obviously, you know, you guys are a little bit different. Like you're, you're my very close friends. I'm comfortable with all of you, but in social situations, being confident in the way I'm presenting myself, like the words I'm saying, the way that I look, you know, like my the way I'm carrying myself and just like confidence in my abilities is a lot more present in my life than the consistency factor. Like it takes up so much of my headspace all the time that it's like taking away from a lot of other things that I, that could be benefiting me. So do you think you would be more consistent if you were more confident? I th I think so. I see. Do you not think it'd be the other way around? Yeah, that's kind of where my brain was going. Because I'm like, if you were more consistent, you would have a greater feeling of confidence. It could be very much so the other way around. I mean, but I, I don't feel like. Sorry to cut you off, Dan. No, I don't feel okay. like it's. Um, I don't feel like it's confidence in those areas of my life. Like. You know, I'm I'm confident in my like sales ability, my ability to make phone calls, my ability to like, you know, like do the things in my like my business and life in that area. It's more so like confidence in things that truly don't actually matter. Okay. Do you have an example? Yeah, a a big example is like 
my appearance the whole weekend at training. I spent so much of the time, like, you know, make sure my hair looked good or like, you know, making sure my beard was trimmed up, probably stuff that really doesn't matter occupied so much of my headspace. And it was all I was thinking about, like how I'm like presenting myself. But in reality, I guarantee fucking nobody cared or noticed. Like it's all in my head and it was like just weighing me down so much. Like, you know, every time, like when I, before I went out to get, like, get my picture taken for like, you know, for the website or whatever, like I was stressed out about it. Cause I was like, fuck, like, you know, what if it doesn't look good? You know, like, does it really fucking matter? No. But it was at the top of my mind and it was like really like weighing on me. Interesting. Mm -hmm. When Amr was going through a lot of the stuff, he talked a lot about judgment as well. And with yourself, like with you judging yourself. So this is clearly something you, you judge yourself for. And he flipped it to talk about how if you're judging yourself you're probably judging other people as well in that hundred percent yeah i like I'll, I'll be totally honest like it's, it's not i don't think it's that I, I judge people but it's something that I, I always look for in other people like i'm always looking at other people like how they're carrying themselves you know how their how their appearance is like how they're dressing to present themselves and yeah i think in turn it i swing that back on myself because it's something that i seem to care about so much that i'm seeing in everyone else and i'm like okay well they must be seeing it the same way in me which after like you said amor was talking about it i was like well okay well like that's likely untrue because hmm. i guess when you say it that way you could go two different directions with it and obviously it's not a bad thing to look out for how people are carrying themselves or how much they take pride in how they look like that. Those are things that can be actually a good indicator of how a person takes on life. And yeah. Like, so where is it becoming a negative for you? I think it's becoming a negative because I'm restricting myself because of it. So like, you know, like my appearance was one thing, but then also I was like a fear of, appearing kind of like not appearing dumb in conversation but you know not having quality conversations and not having people think of me in a certain way and over the weekend it really limited me because I was nervous to talk to a lot of people and like have these encounters and have these conversations because one you know I didn't want to have poor conversations and I was like you know not confident about all the things I just described so I kind of held back and like didn't enter a lot of conversations with people that I that I wanted to but I just I didn't do it interesting mm -hmm. it is really if, interesting if you had a, had a clone and you told them to do all these things that you're saying you want to do or want them to do and that clone listened to you no matter what you said is would that clone become a person that you wish you were yeah then why don't you just listen to your own thoughts i know that's the that's the realization that i had when i was driving home like could you could you name like or you don't have to name them out loud right now it'd be very easy for you to contact these people 
still that you wanted to talk to at training? Could you call three of them in the next, like this week? Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I'm not going to name people, but like, um, yeah, I definitely know who those people are and it's, yeah, like I think what I what I truly realize is that the things that I'm worrying about so much and that are like holding me back have like zero actual impact on how I interact with people. Like they're total non-factors. I'm I'm giving them way too much weight. Like the fact that I'm fucking sitting there looking at my hair and make sure my hair looks good. Like who the fuck cares? It doesn't matter. Like yeah, there's a point, you know, obviously you want to make sure it looks good, but like you know, being overly obsessive about it and just like, you know, there was even a point in the weekend where, because I was sitting right beside Riley and <laughs> he's like, dude, it looks fine. <laughs> like, stop fucking looking at it. Because <laughs> I just kept pulling out my phone and my camera and I was looking at it. He's like, dude, like, chill. Like, it's fine. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, thanks. Like, I just, it's almost like I needed that little reassurance. I was like, okay. Like, you know, maybe I'll just <laughs> relax here for a second. But you know, it's actually kind of hilarious. The more you touch your hair, the more of your like skin oils you get onto your hair and the more it gives it that greasy look. Yeah, I probably, I wasn't like really like touching it. I was <laughs> just like, I was honestly just paranoid. Like I wouldn't do anything and I would just like pull on my camera, just like make sure it looks fine, put my phone down and then do it again. And then like, it just like moved in that five seconds that I didn't do anything with it, you know? Mm -hmm. It was almost just a par like a total paranoia. Well, it's cool. You're aware of it now. Mm -hmm. So now I think it's just, you take Brady's advice and you're going to have to break the brain patterns. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it was just like, it was a big realization of a blind spot because I was totally unaware of it because I was so kind of like obsessive over all these things. And I still do think that it's like good for me to care about them in a certain, like, obviously I want to make sure I'm presenting myself you know, as I want to, but it was becoming way too much to the point where I was just like, it was totally hindering me from any sort of progression in, in a, like in talking to people and like putting myself out there. I see. That's crazy. Yeah. The crazy part too, is there's probably maybe even those same people that you maybe want to talk to. Maybe in turn actually really wanted to talk to you as well. And, or maybe doing the same juggling act right now. Well, that is the crazy thing. And I, I thought about that a lot too, because a lot of times in, in social situations, you know, like I found in the past for myself anyway, that I love it when I get approached by people who are open and confident and come talk to me, you know, like, you're like, man, that, that person's awesome. Like they just came up to me and started a conversation and, you know, like, I, I want to be that person for somebody else, but I've just been getting in my own way and not allowing myself to actually do that just because I'm, you know, I'm nervous to fuck something up. Interesting. And this kind of also ties back to, I don't know if you guys remember after Boat Cruise, I had a conversation with you guys about not feeling like I had an ability to like hold conversations. Yes. That, that kind of tied into this too, because I was like, Oh, like what if I enter a conversation with someone and then I just don't know what to say next? I was like, oh, they're gonna think I'm such an idiot or like, you know, they're blah 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 blah. But like, like the awkward 
tail off of trying to end a conversation of someone or it gets to a point and you feel like you're kind of stuck in that conversation. Yeah. And then is that kind of what you're feeling? Yeah. hundred percent. And I was like, fuck, like my might as well just not even talk to them. Cause then, you know, there's no risk at that point. Dude, just... I had so many awkward moments this weekend where yeah. I was in a conversation <laughs> and the conversation kind of died out. And I just literally like look around the room and be like, Oh, there's somebody over there. And I just fucking walk away. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, why does that matter? It's like every once in a while you're going to talk. And some of the conversations I had were amazing, but they reach a natural point of like, there's nowhere to go from here. Like, you know, you're not really more curious about anything we're talking about. I'm not really more curious about anything we're talking about. And then I would just uh, go over here <laughs> I need yeah. or, or include somebody else in the conversation. I just bring in another person and then I would just carry on or I'd do like a casual, like, Oh, I'm going to go get a glass of water and I just fucking leave. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> yeah. No, it definitely does. And that's what like I've come to realize is it's, just ain't that deep so mm -hmm. well now that i know that i'm gonna kind hold you accountable to that when we're out together good please do because i like it's something that needs to change and like you know it's just it shouldn't even be like a factor No, well, it is, so don't beat yourself up about it just accept it and yeah no i i have accepted it. i'm not like trying to beat myself up over it but um i'm just i'm happy that i like i was honestly having like, such a like deep moment with myself on the way home it was it was pretty cool. cool like i was just feeling so many different emotions like i was super happy was super sad and super hyped up and, like all like i didn't even know what to feel because i was just kind of you know having this inner dialogue with myself you know uh the book that you and i are doing now game changers yeah you and I both brought this up on your own past um, conversations, the spectrum of fear and the kind of hierarchy of the emotions you go through from kind of like starting up happiness and freedom to apathy and shame on the bottom. So like your happiness, freedom, your fear, anger and pride, sadness, and then apathy and shame. Mm -hmm. I have that posted right on the wall here. And I find when I, I go through these different types of negative emotions, or even sometimes I'll reflect on very positive emotions and try to reflect back to when I was at whatever level on that spectrum. So it helps me understand, okay, if like I'm sad about something right now to get past that when I'm sad, anger and pride can sometimes come into the mix of it. And then like fear, and then to get past that fear is your freedom and your happiness. So referencing that part of the book, maybe I'm going to reread that chapter again, might be beneficial in helping us too. Yeah, I'll write that down. Yeah, um, I think that'd be a good idea. I, I got my notes here in front of me now. And unless you had more to share, Zach. No, no, that was that was everything I had. Cool. Okay. So when I was going through the exercise on the not working side, I circled self-image. And where that's come down for me, um, I've been doing a lot of work on it, especially this all well, my whole life. But I mean, this year in particular, I, I feel like I've been actually unlocking why I have that issue. And I feel like Amher's presentation really kind of put the whipped cream on top of it a little bit for me, which was <laughs> really quite cool, actually. And what I've come to realize is when I was younger, I, I took a lot of pride 
and being able to be really good in social settings with many different types of people where I could go and be um, friends with different types of people in different types of areas or different type of emotions, like different type of sports or clubs or hobbies or types of music. Like, you know what I mean by that? And mm -hmm. it was something that I was always like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm a chameleon of a person. I'm really good at taking myself and putting myself with this type of person, understanding what they want out of the conversation or what they want out of a friend and being that person for them. And it's something that I've realized isn't actually necessarily a skill set that's positive in ways it can be, but it's it was more of like a survival mechanism to get through school and get through my family life and a lot of because I just there's a lot of conflict as you guys know growing up. So if I could just be the person that my sibling wanted or my mom wanted or my stepdad wanted or whatever that my grandparents wanted, it was really easy to go in there and just be agreeable and leave the conversation positively without having to face any confrontation. And I, mm -hmm. I went through life like that my whole life pretty much just because I hated screaming, I hated the yelling, uh, the fighting. I just did everything I could to avoid those type of situations and it worked well like I through high school I had a blast I had a lot of friends I could go and like hang out with these type of people go hang up those type of people get bored of these friends and fuck off and go hang out with these people and I still find it it's something I I am quite good at but as I'm getting older it, it doesn't have that same I guess like dopamine release of being able to go and and, and hang out with that different type of friend and um now that I've really tried to take the whole like the, the five people you surround yourself with and trying to get around people I actually want to be around and, and getting to know them and even like you guys and having these conversations I I find it very difficult sometimes to be my true genuine self I find that you guys have helped me immensely to actually pull that out of me and be vulnerable with you guys and be honest with you guys you guys call me on my shit which is really good and it, it like I, I find when I'm in like the spotlight it's like my whole body freezes and I, I can't move. I feel paralyzed. Like you're like in a sleep paralyzation almost. It's pretty terrifying, honestly. Um, but what I've, I, I've come to realize is that I've, I've, now I'm getting diminishing returns from that way of being with people because for me to actually get to that next level of people and to create meaningful relationships with people, I have to be vulnerable. I have to confront. I have to say what I don't like and what I do like. And be extraordinarily honest with people. And it's something that I have a hard time with. And especially this last year, like I've, I've really moved on from a lot of past friendships and I've really dialed in kind of my, my circle of people that I'm with. And it's difficult. Like it's hard as fuck to just be like, someone pisses you off. Like instead of me being like, okay, this friend, I don't like how they, like their perspective on this or like Daniel just going off about Indeed and the energy grid and shit like someone who's like very passionate about something that could be controversial. I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, and then I'd fuck off and I don't want to like go down that road because I might have an opposing, an opposing view and I don't want to have that battle of someone. So what that is in turn done for me is I don't actually put enough research into my own thoughts or what I believe in. And it causes me to float around very surfacely. Like, Hey, cool. We're buddy buddies. I can make you laugh. We can hang out, blah, blah, blah. But then as soon as we get into something that's like polarizing, I'm like, I'm I'm right the fuck out of there. And Dude, yeah, you're, just, you're describing me to myself right now. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so that's been a big and I, I've, I've known about this 
for like honestly when I came out of high school is when this started to hit me hard but I I've just been like well what's the alternative how else do I I get past that and I I've just come to realize that it it's like two things for me it's the expectations I set for the people around me so I sometimes can have like a really hard time when I have different friend groups all like hanging out together um I remember like I would invite friends to come hang over at my house and it was really fucking awkward because it'd be like, okay, I have this expectation of how I am at home and this expectation of how I am with this friend group. If I match it together, it's like I'm like constantly flipping back and forth between the preconceived notion that each person knows of me. And I still feel like I do that sometimes. It's a lot better now, but what that's taken is a lot of fucking hard work. Um, most of the people that I'm, I'm close with, um, like Connor, for example, Connor's probably one of the guys that's helped me honestly the most of this to the point where he's like, even just been straight with me and been like, Hey dude, like, let me be your person you practice with. Like, if you hate something I'm doing, call me and call me an asshole and just do it. And it's fucking terrifying for me, honestly, but I've been doing it with him and other people in my life, like Sam or my, my mom more so. And I've been opening up, like opening up to these close people in my circle and just being more straight with them about, hey, like I've actually kind of been hiding how I've been feeling about you in this type of way that you've been. Like, can we unpack this together? And the more I've been doing this, I just the more that I'm able to just have real relationships with people it's been feeling like. And I'm able just to get my point across without feeling scared or shameful about it. And like, I'll, I'll just give an example of it. Last night we were all cold calling and I got these two high school kids that work for me. They're both really good at cold calling, but they they like to kind of goof off a bit. They're kind of a little bit cocky because they know they're good at like just whatever, right? At talking to people and everything like that. But I've been having this feeling deep down that I don't want them to think that that's okay, that they can kind of just like goof off while they're cold calling because people might see that as not professional and they might get mad at that or not take them seriously. Or maybe they're dogging when they're walking around and not being as precise as they could be. So I went out there and just, because they cold called for me last year. So I just... I sent like a huge message right after training about what the new expectations are, how I want to go about this year. And I went and talked to them both individually and just like said everything that I felt about the situation. And it was crazy. Like I was terrified going into it. I really didn't want to do it, which sounds hilarious because these guys are in grade 11. Why should I be scared to talk to some grade 11 kids? Um, when I came out of the conversation, they were both like, honestly, like, thanks. Like really appreciate you having that conversation with us. And they just told me how much they've been enjoying the job. And we just, it just turned into a moment where we actually got to connect and talk about my goals, their goals, get our shit out of the way and then move on. And I feel so much better about moving into the year of them now. And I've had a lot of painters that I struggle to have that type of conversation with and many other people in my life. And even like you guys at the times I, I do that too, where that might happen. And I know when we, we're having our our issues with like how we wanted the podcast to look and with commitment and whatever that might look like. It was tough for me to come out and, and be honest to a lot of you guys with how it felt and how I wanted things to look. But I found that I feel a lot more comfortable around you guys and I can actually say, like, I feel, I feel like I can just say anything to you guys now and it's whatever. Like, I, I don't, I'm not afraid of it anymore, which is, which is really, really cool. And what was really impactful for me is when Amr put us through the whole, like, it's probable like he's like, so what's your actual likely outcome if you don't change? Like what is mm -hmm. like I keep thinking in this way? Cause when you when you think about your shit, you're like, okay, well, like whatever, like this is my problem, this is who I am. Well, I'll get over it one day.
but you won't because every day is right now and that is your current life and you're forever right so what i wrote down is like it's probable i won't have meaningful relationships um it's probable that i'll self-sabotage the ones who get close to me um yeah it'll and i said it'll, it'll probable that I'll, I'll be i'll feel alone inside that i'll be afraid to step into new opportunities and that i'll have a family and friendships just like my family did coming up and that was super fucking hard hitting for me what makes you so scared about speaking your mind like what is it that excuse uh, a lot of it that? is like what i was saying in the beginning of it is i i just don't spend enough time reflecting to actually give a um a proper answer about something like i like i we could get into like some type of debate or discussion but i haven't put enough research into how i actually think or feel about that so i know i'm going to get overpowered in the conversation because that person is passionate about what they're talking about they give a shit about the life they're living and i won't be able to like keep up that same level of intensity in a conversation but do you think like are you scared that you're if you try and fight back they're going to lose that person as a friend I do. I honestly do. Like, I feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to piss them off. Like we're going to fight. And then we're not going to like, we're going to have that awkward, that awkward moment in our relationship where we had a big blowout. Mm. Do you think even if you like, even though let's say you don't like lose that person as a friend, but if you have like an altered opinion, like, do you feel that they, you know, will just think of you differently? Like not, you know, I respect you the same. I used to. Interesting. 100%. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And that's kind of the big thing. And like a, a big stepping stone for me and like even more so now is like having like, like even like when I had friends that were student works and not student works first hang out with each other, that was the most terrifying thing in the entire world for me. Mm -hmm. I agree. Two different people, honestly. So I know like you're saying like, you know, you feel like you're, you have very like surface level opinions on a lot of things. Have you been taking time like with yourself? Like, is this, this like a super recent thing or have you taken time? No, so to clarify, like I would say, this, this is something that hit me hard right out of high school. Like graduated grade 12 and I was like, I, I, I got like, the, I figured it out sort of and I, I recognized it before I was oblivious to it. And so it's been a, it's been an ongoing journey since I'd say I graduated from grade 12. So obviously, like I feel a hell of a lot better right now. Like obviously, I can I can talk about it the way I am right now, and I don't feel like it has that power over me. But I I just like, and that's why I said that to you. It's like with what Brady even said there. With if you had a clone of yourself that did everything that you were scared of and did everything that you should have done in that situation, would you want to be that person? And I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I would. So when I have these these situations where I'm I'm like I feel it in my body like I have that parallel like for you at training when you see that person that you want to talk to that you like think is super dope but you don't know how to like talk to them because you don't have anything in common with them and whatever it might be so you just you sit there frozen inside and you're in your head and you're like holy fuck holy fuck holy fuck like fuck it maybe next time yeah. next payroll event company Zoom call or maybe I'll Snapchat him you know what I mean like it's it's you, you give yourself an out. So I've just been trying now, whenever I have that moment or that feeling of just like, I just hit it in the head. Like I, I take a fucking bat and I'm just like, let's go. Like, let's just fucking run into it. Even if it's, and I, I've learned, like I've obviously I've gone to like the extreme level of it where I actually have pissed off some people and I'm like, okay, cool. That was a little intense. Let's dial that down a little bit. And then you you find your group, but that's what I've had to do. So mm -hmm. like even last night cold calling, I was 
terrified of, of doing it. Like Sam and I were both walking with them. And I was like, hey, Sam, like I'll meet you back at the car. Um, I'm just going to talk to him. I'm just going to do it. And it was super awkward. Like you could, you could tell my voice. I didn't feel confident going into it. And it was awkward. But as I started talking and words started coming out and I was asking them questions, um, it, it turned into a great dialogue. But the beginning of it sucked. It was awkward. It was weird. I hated it. And then it turned into something really great. That's cool, man. I, yeah, it seems like a very, like, relevant reflection to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, and you said you said earlier like you felt like you got terror. Like I think you said you were like terrified and you got put in the spotlight. Was like, what do you mean by that? I was just terrified if someone would actually call me out for who like a core value of mine, honestly. Oh, so like when you're having like, a conversation, if it gets like you know kind of heated, and then someone calls you out on your opinion. Yeah, like an sure opinion or yeah, like like an opinion or like a, a, a belief. Like, for for example, I, I used to go to church a lot when I, when I came out of high school. I actually got baptized when I was 18 and something that um, I don't go to church anymore, but it, it's something that I still have a lot of faith and very much believe in the idea of God. And that's something that I've always had a hard time talking to someone with because mm -hmm. my ability to reason with them and just be like, oh, you're fucking stupid. Like, how could you believe in something so imaginary? And then, so I just wouldn't talk about it. I'd be like, well, this is my thing. Like, I don't want to talk about that. I go to, like, all that kind of shit. It's been actually really cool hearing John talk about that actually recently. Not going to lie. And hearing what they're, like, cloning guys are going out and doing that. It's been kind of cool. But uh, but even just on anything else, like, even uh, an opinion I might have in my business or a certain way I do something or whatever that might be. And, um, again, Connor's been someone who's been really great that because as you guys all know connor is really fucking polarizing <laughs> and can be pretty intense sometimes so um he's been a really a really viable relationship i've had in my life where i've had to do a lot of deep work to actually feel good and have like a genuine relationship with him which is cool it's cool man good for you yeah thank you um Honestly, like, I don't want to say, like, I'm glad that you've, like, felt this way, but it kind of makes me, like, I, I very much relate to you on that. I felt, I felt a lot of those similar feelings where, like, I'm, and that, honestly, like, what you just said there kind of ties to what I was talking about earlier, because getting into those deep conversations, you know, I also feel like a lot of my ideas are, like, relatively surface level, and then when someone is passionate about that, you're like, Oh fuck! Like, you know, like I, like if I can't defend myself in this conversation, yeah. Or like, I don't know. Like another one for me too is I. I'm honestly like that. Oh yeah, that's what I was also gonna say is even like emotionally, like I'd be around someone who's sad or angry or happy or goofy or like I would just become that. Like I would become sad with them. I become happy with mm. them, angry with them. Instead of me just being like, this is how I feel, and that is what's created this like emotional roller coaster of myself because I don't actually have a way that I feel I kind of look for people to to guide me and how I obviously not as prevalent now like I'm way more intentional with myself but grade 12 Skylar into early 20s 100% like it was, it was mm. a lost cause it's crazy but now it's like I can be with someone who's angry I can be with someone who's upset or really happy if I'm upset or right like in any of those type of scenarios and I feel comfortable just being where I'm at in my emotions or with myself in that given moment. Interesting.
yeah and i, I was gonna say like as you guys know like i'm i'm not the most serious person a lot of the times i'm i like to make jokes i'm pretty goofy and i i find that sometimes that can be tough to navigate because especially people trying to run businesses a lot of serious people and i can find it very like intimidating sometimes when i'm with people who are just like very serious and dialed in in those ways and even in that way i've been able to just feel a lot more comfortable with myself just being more oh like you, I, I don't explain you guys know how i am and mm. i just feel more comfortable in my in my own skin and i feel like i can just be dumb and goofy and and still be serious at the same time and and not have to try to become who i think that person wants me to be in that conversation nice so one. if you relate to that in any way like you were saying you do i think just like just when you feel that feeling just go up to someone and just say hi and like honestly sometimes dude i even just like i'm really big on this phrase of like just state the fucking obvious with people um i had a super awkward exchange with someone i called someone the wrong name and you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> like yeah, when i was like so pumped to see the person I'm like oh dude it's me from like mexico you remember whatever and it wasn't even the right guy it was so fucking awkward i went back up to him later i'm like hey bro i'm so sorry you look so much like this guy like my bad and then like the rest of the weekend carried on just fine. We talked and it was all good. We kind of laughed it off. But old scholar would be like, oh my God, you're a fucking idiot. Like avoid that person, avoid that person. So like, I think even like these, like I honestly think you should call these people that you wanted to see. Dude. And yeah. I would be like, hey, because like, what are you going to say? Hi, like, how's your business? Like, blah, blah, blah. Are you excited for the year? Like who fucking cares? Call them and just be like, hey man. Or if it's a girl, be like, hey, I actually really wanted to talk to you at training. It was super busy. It was super weird. Uh, I'm so sorry I'm gonna say hi to you, but I just wanted to like say hello and just ask you how how you feel about this year. Like it doesn't have to be like you don't have to be smooth with it. You can just be fucking obvious. And I, mean, I think that was they pretty smooth, but yeah. <laughs> but no, you know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think people people appreciate when you're genuine and honest. Like if you just try to act like you're fucking cool all the time and that you don't have emotions, people can't relate to that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, thank you. That's a that's some good advice. Daniel, how about you, man? No. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Scott, sorry I didn't get to talk to you much. <laughs> no, I was just listening to you guys. I genuinely think that you're doing people a disservice when you operate that way. Because I totally agree. Yeah. You're not only like, are you kind of hiding a version of yourself? You're not letting them actually know who you really are. And maybe that version of you is the version of you that they would really connect with. So you might be doing a disservice to other people as well as yourself because you could be, and this is one of the things I discovered as well is that I'm, there's a, a block to deeper relationships that I tend to put there myself because of whatever reasons, but it's definitely something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, Skylar. That's a, that was a really cool reflection. Yeah, uh, it's honestly something I, I've wanted to share with people for a long time. I just not really known how to. So, what was your big takeaway, Dan? If you want to share, my list of things that are only sort of working or not working is substantially longer than the ones that I thought were working. So, <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, dude, I fucking filled a page and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I know he's like, he's like, yeah, just like four to five things, and like. Oh, I have like fucking 15 dude, to my, 20. Dude. My list just kept going and I was just like, holy fuck. So there's lots of things to work on. 
Um, but I think I'm just going to tackle one thing at a time. And when I feel good about that, just move to the next thing. So it was a uh, very eye-opening because I, from, if you're looking at it from the outside, you would just assume a lot of my life is working, but like when you're actually in it and you're kind of looking around, you get to see a lot of shit that other people don't see. And like, you realize that there's a lot of shit that's not working the way that I want it to work at the very least. So. Do you want to dive into any of those things or? No, not yet. I haven't processed enough to come to any sort of logical conclusions or understandings. Fair enough. When you do, I'd I'd love like to kind of like touch on it if you if you want to. I will do. Sweet. I have so many to work through. It's rough. <laughs> Brady, did you like when Kyle? I'm I'm sure Kyle probably shared his reflections with you. No. After, but he didn't. No, he just told me it was really good. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, what based off what like. Oh, sorry, man. I was just gonna say, based off what Skylar and I are talking about, like, do you have something that maybe you've thought of that's kind of like in your way? Well, the only real thing in most individuals' ways themselves. And I'm self-aware of that, so. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> I, I know I need to improve more, still get better at sales. Um, still get better at running a painting business. So, I mean, in, in my way. I just need to keep getting more knowledge and using that knowledge and let time do its thing. Nice, Ben. Well, I know you've, you've shared a lot of us over the last few months of new things that you're constantly learning and everything like that so yeah what, what is the, the thing you're talking about um writing stuff that isn't working out down yeah so so pretty much what he got us to do is he said like think of all the aspects of things in your life that are, are working so like i'll go to my sheet and i kind of like read off a couple of these things so like things that are working in your life i put like you know my, my financial situation my family relationships with like people that i'm really close with and then like things that aren't working, I put like, you know, my communication, uh, like self-image, confidence, consistency, like things like that. And then what he got us to do was look at the areas of things that aren't like <clears throat> could be working better, like that you want to improve upon. And then we chose one of those things and we really like dove deeper into that thing. basically when you look at things that aren't working as well as you want them to uh there was three questions that he got us to ask which is what are you doing or not doing in that area so like what actions are you taking or not taking uh the second one was what do you already have so what is the result of the things that you've been doing and then the third one being who are you being in that area um and then you know, once you pick a topic and you work through that and you answer those three questions, then you want to look at your probable versus your inevitable future. Mm. It's like what's going to happen to you if you continue on that path. Um, and then ask yourself, what are you missing to make changes to prevent yourself from going down that path? That's really cool. Wow, that's perfect. Yeah. Dude, it's super valuable. And then if, you, oh. if you made those changes, what does your new future now look like? Um, which wow. was super, super cool awesome and like the biggest realization i had and it was in his presentation was that in all areas of your life that don't work the thing that's in common with them is you 
Yeah. And when I started, <laughs> yeah, when I started going through my list and looking at a lot of these things, it was just like, like, you know, when I was looking at like my financial situation, that I'm not happy with, it's like, okay, well, like I could work harder and make more money. So like, I'm in my own way, or it's like, you know, you're looking at relationships with other people. It's like, well, maybe they're not deeper because you're not spending time on that relationship. You're not giving them your authentic self. You're not being caring. You're not being emotionally intelligent, all these things. Mm -hmm. So again, it's you, right? So like when you start going through all these problems and you start realizing that you have so much more control over the outcomes than you thought you did. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he, he set it up in a way that he pretty much wanted us to like gossip all the things like that like weren't working and like that we usually like well externalize for like you know that's all that's not my fault this just isn't working and then he tied it back to helping us realize that everything has to do with our own self yeah yeah, yeah. Like, a perfect example of that is my recruiting like last year it was a fucking joke and i was like sitting there blaming like oh it's fucking indeed's fault and i can't find a good applicant and this isn't working and that's not working i'm sitting there being a little bitch and then like when i sat down and looked through it recently i was just like well, it's not working because i'm not working on it there like, you go daniel am I, like am <laughs> i really doing everything that i should be doing no yeah. i'm fucking not like so it's just like okay well like what would it look like if i did do everything that i should be doing and i started doing that and fucking lo and behold it fucking changes you're just like oh shit like you're just literally in your own way and it's so much easier to blame other shit it's so much easier to sit down and be like this isn't my fault because that feels good in a weird way it feels good to be like I'm doing the best that I can with what I've got. And like, there's nothing that I can do. This is all outside of my control. And it's just bullshit. It really is. It just is. That's, That's awesome. awesome, Dan. And it sucks to fucking sit there and admit that to myself. But, but like, once you do that and you fucking admit it to yourself, you can change it. But until then, you just sit there and you suck. And that's not what I want. Like, it's just not. Yeah. Remember what uh, they say, you know, um, you, you're exactly where you deserve to be. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's so good, man. Fuck, that's such a good exercise. I'm so glad I ever did that with everybody. Bro, that yeah. would be so cool to go back and listen to the episode where we went so deep with you on like your current recruiting and everything like that. And just to hear how you were talking. That's why I love that the way we record these conversations, honestly. Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah, man. I don't know. I wasn't doing wasn't doing everything I needed to do. I'm like there was a lot more that I probably could have done, but at the time, just being a piece of shit happens. <laughs> awareness yeah <laughs> so it's yeah, like it's... now now i fucking know we're gonna do a bunch of shit I'm, i don't know something about being in that room with all those people and like being around Corey and just being around you guys and like hanging out in person i just lit a fire under me i was oh, like dude, I'm fucking, fires me right up i'm yeah. so ready man like yeah <laughs> and I, I wish we could i wish we could do those like more often obviously no logistically it's not really like possible but like, I wish we could just teleport to the same room for, like, an hour and everyone just, like, collaborate and then we just teleport back. But... Everyone's just chilling, yeah. Well, I just realized from that that I just need to communicate more with people in that, like, environment. I just need to talk to people more and not isolate as much and make a point to try and get to more of these payroll events and spend time with people because when I do that, I feel better and I perform better and I think more clearly and it inspires me and it motivates me. Uh you know, and I miss and, you. I miss seeing you at those events. Yeah, I know. And it's just like, there was something <laughs> about like, I was like, oh, I'm so busy. And like, if I take time away, it's going to fuck shit up.
and I'm not going to be performing. And it's just like, it actually makes you perform better to take time away and do these kind of things. And that's just something that keeps time getting, away. Yeah. yeah, it just keeps getting drilled into my brain that like, that's a, just a better state to operate in. Mm-hmm. Zach, on that, you said something super cool. You, um, you said, I wish I could go and teleport and be in a room with all those people and um, teleport back. I, I honestly think, bro, like if you just start calling people you're scared to call and talk to those kind of people, you honestly can create that type of environment just based off, right over the phone, bro. And if the people around you more. I think you're right. Yeah. And like, I know that you like can attest to this, but you know, a lot of times when like we're on the phone, you know, like maybe the conversation dries up, like I seem like I'm like disinterested in the conversation but it's just because i'm like you know in my head nervous about what to say i'm like oh i don't want to fuck this conversation up but like we just talked about like you know even just making more of those phone calls and like getting actual more conversational experience is like helpful just to expose myself more to like having conversations being comfortable like you know not always saying the right thing or like just doing it more. Well, here, I'll, I'll do for you then what Connor did for me. You and I talk all, all the time on the phone. I give you full permission just to speak your fucking truth and all, all weirdness to me and I'll, I'll never judge you or look at you any different. Okay? All right. I'll I'll do that. You can you can help me help me through it. Weird. I'll do the same thing to you. Sweet. Fuck, yeah, that was that was a pretty valuable presentation. Yeah, I really liked the layout of training this year. I, I liked it a lot. It made a lot of sense, the order we did things. It was very intentional. Felt like, like a natural progression. Mm-hmm. I agree. It was fun. I liked the mesh exercise. It was a good weekend. Honestly, yeah, the, the, mesh, the mesh thing was also, that was very good. Scott and I got deep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, it was a great weekend. I was well behind on sleep, though. I'll say that. Dude, I slept like three hours every night, maybe four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Worth Sunday it. night, I slept 13 hours. <laughs> Came home I, woke, just... I woke up on Monday. I was like, what the fuck? Like, where am I? <laughs> I was lost. Yeah. I had the so longest what... drive home. It was worthless. It was so bad. Just people on the highway didn't know how to drive because it was like snowing a little bit and it was a little icy, but it was fine. Like I was doing a buck twenty, and then I hit this section just outside of Red Deer. We just did sixty, or like stopped for like an hour and a half, and I was like, "This is so brutal." Like I was like, "Please help me!" I was like barely awake. I'm like, "I just want to go home. I'm gonna die." <laughs> oh, that's brutal. It was rough. It was not a good time. <laughs> Does anyone else have any you know any things that? the other learn this week or anything that they want to chat about honestly i just want to say thank you to brady as well for constantly just telling us how to hit your goals it really is just that easy and i've actually been doing a lot of hard work of just breaking shit down um i'm tracking just i i I love tracking stuff and i have written on my board exactly how many doors i want to knock on how many hours it's going to take to do and every day that we finish a cold calling session i come home and i erase the total amount of hours, write it down and roughly the amount of that we've knocked on. And 
I'm just feeling a lot more relaxed going into this year and, and feel like it's not, I'm not, I'm not using willpower and motivation to try to inspire me to hit my goal this year. I'm using tactfulness and strategy and it feels fucking awesome. That's sweet. Yeah. Brady pops in my head on a regular basis. <laughs> Whenever I don't want to do something, I picture Brady be like, just fucking do it, man. And then like, <laughs> 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 he's like that he's like the little like you know guy on my shoulder he's like Dude, what the fuck like why are you still sitting here like just get the fuck up get the way like, god damn it but it's effective another thing that i um i talked to cam about this because um i was telling him i was having like you know i wasn't like tracking things like you know I, he wants me to track my meals and like you know workout sessions and stuff like that and i just like was being very intentional with that and we talked about like, you know, some things in my calendar were getting done at the time that they were to be done. I think this might be helpful for uh, for you too, Skylar. But he said just to like, I'm not sure what book this was in, but he said, just give yourself like like five seconds to get up and, and do it. So like when that thought pops in your head that something needs to get done, like just start counting to five. And then by the time you've reached five like you know your body should be up and going to do that thing and it sounds it sounds kind of silly but i've been doing that for like the last week or so and you almost just like when you start counting and you if you don't get up you feel like just like such a bitch <laughs> you feel you feel guilty like ah oh, fuck like i'm sitting here counting the five i probably should get up and go do that thing and then it, it gets you into the like immediate action to go do it Maybe you guys just have stronger willpower than me, but yeah, I'm gonna say things I don't want to do. I definitely do some variation of that when you're playing the mental gymnastics with yourself sometimes. 100%. Yeah. yeah, Daniel and Brady are like, oh no, I just just get up and do it. Do it. It's just like my alarm, man. I don't I don't snooze my alarm. I set it to the last minute that I'm allowed to get up, and it goes off, and I get up. That's it. There's none of this fucking, you know. No, no, no tomfoolery. 15 more like minutes. He's not just talking about sleeping. He just means like everyday life things. No, I get that. But I'm just saying it comes down. It's literally the same discipline. It's the exact same thing. It's when your alarm goes off, do you get up and fucking get moving? When your schedule says you have to do something, do you get up and go do it? Like if you're supposed to go to the gym, do you go to the gym? Like that's just it's the exact same across the board. Nothing changes. Just the activity. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Just some activities suck a little more than other activities. And then your brain puts like more weight on you. You're like, well, this one's really not fun. So I'm going to fucking not do it. It's like, no, it's the same fucking thing. Like, it doesn't matter. You just go do it. Well, like, I think like Brady, I said this to me a while ago. I was like, that's how you build like the, um, the trust in your own word. So by doing those, like doing those things more then you believe yourself more and then when you say you're going to do something, you actually do it instead of like your word becomes a lot more solidified within yourself. I've definitely found that more so like in the last year opposed to like the previous part of my life. Like now when I say I'm actually going to do something, it's like, you know, I, I feel a lot more like solid Confident. in saying that. Yeah. Like you were saying at the beginning of the call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Way to throw that back on me now. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet boys. Well, 
Yeah, well, great conversation. Anything else anyone wants to talk about? Feel I free. want to talk about uh, estimates and objection handling and initial calls after, but I think it's too early right now. You guys just all finished training, so we'll probably do that next. Yeah, week. I would love to have that conversation. I got my first round of estimates this weekend. so yeah. And then we need Max on here too because Max is, can improve a lot over the past two weeks. So we can see how you guys do after training and then have a Max on here and then talking about objection handling and then doing estimates, especially now in today's market. Like, yeah, and then how initial calls and stuff like that yeah i really i think we should yeah have like a like devote a conversation to that next time there's a lot we can talk about like what we're all experiencing different objection handles we're all receiving how and then different objections we're receiving and then how we handle them mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. A lot. i like it yeah let's dive into that next next episode i'll because I, I we all have quotes like a decent amount between that i, th and I think so. over two weeks we'll we should have pretty good basis of like getting into the yeah yeah the season and seeing how we're all doing yeah sweet i did want to talk about almond milk and value propositions but we can talk about <laughs> that another time what the fuck almond milk? <laughs> yeah dude. dude i had a fucking how, realization how does milk, milk come from almonds explain uh i okay so i'm uh, <laughs> fuck it we're gonna do it now so i <laughs> I, literally, I started making my own almond milk because um Almond milk is actually incredibly easy to make, but before I was buying it from the store. Um, and originally when I was first starting buying almond milk, I bought this one brand because it was super clean. It didn't have seed oils, didn't have all this crap in it, right? Um, and it was $5 for this, like, I don't know, jug of almond milk. Like, I don't know, it's like two liters or something like that. Like standard size fucking thing of whatever, right? Then eventually that almond milk went up to $6. And then eventually that almond milk went up to $7. And for whatever reason, when it hit $7, I was like, this is unreasonable. I'm not going to pay this much for fucking almond milk. So then I figured <laughs> out how to make it at home. And I've gotten the cost of that almond milk back down to like 2 or $3 for that jug. So I'm actually saving money now that I make it at home. And it's a bit of an inconvenience. It takes me probably 15 minutes or so every other couple of days, right? Like, because I make two or three of these at a time and then fucking put them in the fridge and last me a couple of days. And then I make some more. It's not a big deal. It is what it is. But it got me thinking. There was a value to almond milk for me that was worth paying $5 for. It was worth paying $6 for. But for whatever reason, when I hit $7, that value was no longer there. So it made me start thinking what in my business is like almond milk. Like what's my value proposition for a client when mm -hmm. that value is no longer there for them? And how can I be a better salesman to then suss out what's important to them? Cause like for me, what do I want in my almond milk? I want fucking water and almonds. That's it. I don't need all this other shit. I don't want preservatives. I don't want fucking like lecithin and all this other random shit that they put in almond milk to like fucking keep it on the shelf longer. I don't want that. I just want the almonds and the milk. So like what in my business is like almonds and milk, you know, like what's super important to people. Mm. For most people, it's like three year warranty, having liability insurance and WCB. So people eat shit on their property. They're not liable for that. Right. So that's like their almonds in the water. And then everything else that I add to that is extra. So it's like, you have to kind of suss out what's really important to these people. Like what are their almonds and their water versus what's all the other shit that you're putting in to build this value proposition? Because we, you know, we talk about it all the time. People don't buy on price. They buy on value. So, you know, if the value isn't there for them, they're not going to buy Like you could go to the same person you could quote them for a $20,000 job that they book with you. And you could quote that same job at 10,000 that they don't book with you. And both of those scenarios are your fault. Because like in one scenario, you built enough value that you could justify it. And in the other scenario, you didn't. 
right? So it's just like understanding what's important to people and building them a package that works for them. And I don't know how I figured that out from almond milk, but <laughs> my yeah, brain just super like, interesting. yeah, it was just like, why am I making my own almond milk? Cause it's convenient and I know what's going into it. And I want just those things versus like spending more to get a bunch of extra shit that I don't necessarily want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely pin that for next week. Holy shit. Or, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that dude. Yeah, it's super random, but I was like sitting in my car on my way to the gym and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the store for opening that price of $7. Let's go. I actually, I boycotted a full store for that because they, they changed the price of the almond milk. I literally, such I, an like, old okay. man, Dan. I love it. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm just not going to shop here anymore. And I just you lost literally my stopped business. shopping there. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I went to another store where it was $6 and then theirs went up to $7 and I was like, okay, I'm just not buying the almond milk anymore. We're done. That's it. So that, that entire brand, like they're just not getting my business anymore. And it's like, it wasn't a huge thing, but it was just enough that I was like, fuck it. So I'm like, where else can that show up in my business? And how do I look out for that? Right. Yeah, no, true enough, man. That's, it's definitely prevalent for sure. Yeah. Sorry. We like, unfortunately don't have like enough time to really get into it today, but um, let's put a pin in that. We're, we'll and... come back to the almond milk and value proposition. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll next... tie in with the objection as well, right? Next call is going to be juicy. Yeah. Yeah. A little segue. That's hysterical. Wow. If you're yep. listening now, stay tuned. There's a little cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> Come like back. We've got more. TV show. Ending on we a should start doing that. Get a cliffhanger. Yeah. Got to keep that retention, baby. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, fuck yeah, guys. Thanks for uh, joining us here for another episode, everyone. See you next time.